Coming up, both New York teams pick themselves up off the scrap heap. The Minnesota Twins shoot themselves in the foot, and Albert Pujols keeps marching to 700, breaking it all down with Sully Baseball on today's podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. As I was mentioning, Mondays with Millard, so we're recording with Sully Baseball as always doing our crossover podcast, so let's jump right into it. New York, New York, both teams got off the mat, and I have a feeling their worries about division titles in the Big Apple might be mollified. But one big change is happening. In fact, a bunch of big changes are happening in the rules of baseball. I have thoughts. This guy right over here, he has thoughts. We're doing a lockdown crossover. Let's do it. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover, which is being dropped on the 12th day of September 2022. This is the podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball all year round. And thank goodness Miller Thomas was on mute when he sneezed. That's Miller Thomas over there. He's the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. Say hello to the nice people, Miller. Yeah, my throat got a little dry there. That was a pretty bad cough. Hello, people. You know, follow me on Twitter as always, creator Thomas24 for my personal account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram in that little search bar. And of course, we're on YouTube as well. Lockdown Dimebacks on there and on all your podcasting platforms. Yeah, and I'm the host of Lockdown MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. If you look at the lower third, please, please, I'm begging you to call me Sully. I'm an Emmy nominated television producer from my TV producing days from San Francisco, and I've been uh, produced for some shows like The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and Axemen on History Channel, The Bonnie Hunt Show, which was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had in my life. Oh, I wish that show got picked up. It was it, I couldn't believe we were getting paid. We were having so much fun. Uh, and I've been a stand-up comic. I've been a film director and actor and all this other stuff, but I've been podcasting for well over a decade. And this is now, we're, we're approaching the end of my fourth full season of Locked On MLB, uh, bringing my talents over. Before I did the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and they liked what I did there and said, hey, why don't you bring your talents over to here? And I had a, I had a big special. It was like the decision with LeBron when I decided to sign with mm-hmm. Locked On MLB. I said, I'm going to bring my talents to South Beach. And I said, we're not located in South Beach. Said, okay, we'll just do it from my room. Um, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and on YouTube, you can follow us at Locked On MLB. And uh, you can follow me, my personal account on Twitter, Sully Baseball. 
and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Okay, um, first of all, we're recording this right now on the on Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. A lot of the games have either wrapped up or are on the verge of wrapping up. Let's just review a couple of the interesting things here. Albert Pujols is at home run number 697. He had a pair of home runs in the series against Pittsburgh. And good for the Pirate fans for giving him a, you know, giving him a standing ovation. I know there's some joyless Pirate fans that you never cheer for the opposition. Well, there's not a re- lot of reason to cheer at Pittsburgh anyway, so you might as well cheer for something. And watching, uh, you know, like the question is, like, we're going to have to eventually break down his entire career. Um, he is, he, but Pujols will go down as the second greatest offensive figure in St. Louis Cardinal history, uh, second only to Stan Musial. And the reason why Musial will always get the nod over Pujols is Musial spent his entire career in St. Louis, and a giant chunk of Pujols' stats uh, are in Anaheim. But he is a he's a legit Hall of Famer, one of the great Cardinals of all time. And his home run today was the difference as St. Louis beat the Pirates and are really starting. I mean, look at Milwaukee won, but the Cardinals have are up by eight with about what 20-something games to go. They have this division all but locked up, and it's a great story that Pujols is uh you know, he needs three more home runs, and then there he will join the 700 club along with Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, and Henry Aaron. Yeah, Pujols, definitely one of the faces of the generation for the 25 and young crowd. Definitely been one of the faces. He got lost there for a little bit when he went to Los Angeles because of they just did nothing during his time there. But uh, Pujols, I, I'm going to say... I. I'm pretty shocked that he's going to probably hit 700 this season because there was a point I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he's probably just too old to do it. And maybe it's like pretty clear and obvious that he's taking some sort of PEDs because it seems like every time he goes up to the plate, he's just smacking it over the fence. This is a, I didn't say it. I didn't hey. say it. Let's put the lawsuit this direction. Hey, this is a power surgery I haven't seen in years from an hour pool. And look, it's his final season since his retirement year. We're not even if he gets busted, like no one even cares if he does it. Like no one even cares if he's doing PEDs in the final year of his career. So for pools, it won't taint his legacy or anything like that. And we're just chasing records at this point in the season for pools. We're just having fun. And then he can hit in the regular season and there won't be over just yet for Albert Pujols. He's not on some crappy team that's going to be out the postseason. Exactly. Um, once the playoffs start, he can still have moments once we get to the playoffs and maybe hit a pinch hit home run or two on route to the World Series or maybe even make a big moment or two in the World Series. So Pujols, this magical run that he's doing in the regular season isn't over yet, and he still might make a few more moments once we get to the playoffs. Now, the only players in baseball history ever hit three home runs in a single World Series game are Babe Ruth, Reggie Jackson, Albert Pujols, and Pablo Sandoval. Three of these names belong together. Three of these names. (laughs) Which one stands out? Oh, bless you, Pablo. You know, he did. He always Sandoval was always so great in the postseason that and and, and I I was watching tons of giant games, of course, especially with my pop. And I knew that Sandoval was eh, he was okay during the regular season. He was a streaky hitter, sometimes looked really bad, sometimes looked really good. Then he saw the calendar page flipped October, said, give me that bat, and he would turn into a great player. 
And if you only watched the postseason, you'd be under the assumption that he was a Hall of Famer. And when the Red Sox <laughs> signed him, I was like, no, you don't understand what you've got. But anyway, this is not Sandoval time. Uh, Pujols uh, had a great World Series moments. He's so great that he is remembered for a moment in a series where his team lost in six, which is the home run he had off of Brad Lidge when the uh, Cardinals were one swing away from losing the pennant. He hit that home run off of Lidge, which there's no evidence that it has landed yet. And everyone remembers that home run and act like the Astros lost that series. The Astros actually won the series the next day or two days later. You know, that they 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 won it in six, but no one remembers that. They only remember the fact that Pujols smashed that home run off of Lidge. And, you know, he was a NLCS MVP in 2004. He had huge home runs in the 06 World Series when they defeated the uh, Detroit Tigers. Um, and that, of course, uh, had the three home run game in the 2011 World Series against the Texas Rangers. Really one of the best World Series of the last decade. So, yeah, he he's fantastic. Um, good luck to him getting those final three home runs. Look, I'm not a Cardinal fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I did pick him to win the World Series based on how they're doing. Uh, let's go around the league a little bit here. Um, the Yankees lost game one of their series against the Rays. And every person, especially an idiot like myself, who's a, who's not a Yankee fan, they go, hey, if the Rays sweep, then the lead will be down to a game and a half. In fact, the, the Rays would be ahead in the loss column. Well, the Yankees give them credit. We've all smacked them when they were down. They won 10-3 on Saturday, 10-3 on Sunday. They beat they won by a combined score of 20 to 6 with, with a couple of home runs from Glaber Torres. Give them credit where credit's due. Everyone who kicked them when they're down. Uh I they with those two losses, and um also I believe uh, the Blue Jays lost too. Yeah, the Blue Jays lost as well. Uh the Yankees have all but clinched the AL East, have all but clinched missing the Wild card round. So, despite all the talk of collapse this or collapse that, they're going to end up being the number two team in the American League and missing the wild card round. That doesn't sound like a collapse to me. No, it won't be a regular season collapse. They're hanging on right now. They've really picked themselves up after struggling mightily a post All Star break and in that month of August. But we all know it's all going to come down to the postseason because it doesn't matter how many wins they get in the regular season. If the Yankees finish with 90 wins or if they finish with 100 wins, if you don't get back to the World Series, if you're Brian Cashman, then basically this season's a failure because for the Yankees, their franchise mentality is championship or bust. So, yes, maybe it's not a regular season collapse. Maybe they won't make the playoffs as a wild card team or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether the Yankees make the playoffs as a wild card team, as the division winner, as the best team in baseball. If they, if they just don't get the job done in the playoffs, then it really doesn't matter what they did in the regular season. Well, it has showed how vulnerable they can be. But mm -hmm. also, I do believe, and I've said this before, that I think once again, the American League is wide open. Yeah. That there's no, I mean, Houston is the best team in the American League right now, mm -hmm. but they're beatable. This is not, this is not an invincible Houston team. Uh, I think they would probably be favored, but nobody could be stunned if you saw Seattle 
or Cleveland get on a run, especially with some of their pitching, uh, suddenly, you know, the way the Red Sox, who stumbled and bumbled into the playoffs last year, got to within two wins of the World Series. A team can get hot at the right time. Tampa can get hot at the right time. By the way, uh, Seattle right now is winning 5-1. to one. Uh, Julio Rodriguez got a leadoff home run in that. And that is big news, not just for the Mariners, who are looking for the first to make the playoffs for the first time since 2001, but that was gigantic news for the other New York team, the Mets, who briefly fell out of first place. For one day, they fell out of first place. And images of 2007 dancing in the heads of Mets fans. Well, the, the Mets spanked the Marlins today at a 9-3 score. Uh, they won on uh, Saturday night 11-3. So they got off the mat uh, and showed showed a lot of guts and looks like yeah, I mean, granted, it's not a, building up a gigantic lead, but the Mets have righted the ship. Yeah, because they've been dealing with some injuries with Scherzer going on the injury list and Starling Marte. So they've been being up a little bit recently in the Braves. I mean, the Braves, their roster with all that young talent had just like rose the tides of the, the Braves franchise so much this year. When you look at the Michael Harris's and the Spencer Striders and the and the Grishams of the world, like they've had so much young talent injected to that, into that roster this season. That's honestly um, crazy what the Braves have done because they're coming off this World Series victory and they might have actually built a better team um, going into this season. So the Braves are going to be a formidable team once we get to the postseason. And if I'm the New York Mets, like – the NL East doesn't feel as strong. Uh, it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm the king of the NL East as maybe I thought a couple months ago when I felt like the Mets were the the king of that division. With the way mm-hmm. the Braves have played the last two months, like they've really played themselves in back into that top tier contender category with the New York Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers because for a while felt like maybe the Braves are more of a second tier team in that in the National League with maybe like a Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals but now it feels like the Braves should probably be considered tier one with the Dodgers and the Mets in the National League right now as favorites to maybe come out the the for the pennant well remember after May the Braves have played 700 ball Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, for for what will be like two thirds of the season, they're playing at a clip of like 110, 120 wins. So, I mean, that's that's, that's the, a lot you of know, Yeah, that's a big. Yeah, that's, that's enough of sample size. And, uh, you know, we're going to take we're going to talk about something in the second segment, because I think a team should be sending out some, I don't know, feelers for a new employee. Because there's a team that looked like they're in the driver's seat for a postseason series. And now there's not even any hope that they could, they may finish sub 500. And we saw that happen last year with the Padres and the Mets, and they ended up with new managers. And maybe it might be time for a new manager here. If you're looking for jobs, you're looking for people to fill your small business, let me give you one suggestion. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the largest professional network of over 810 million people. Not 100 people, no, 810 million people. That's more like it. Then you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so the network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why businesses rate 
LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to hire and talk to and then hire and then offer a job to and then discuss salary with faster. This is being read verbatim. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I've never had a more smooth ad read than that. That was like, mwah, mwah, and did I mention, mwah. Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about something. On uh, August 30th, you know I like to do this. On a certain date, this was this, and how have they been since then? On mm-hmm. August 30th, the Minnesota Twins were six games above 500, and a couple of days after that, they had moved back into first place. They were a first-place team in September. By all means of the definition – of contender and having a great season. If you're in first place and it's September, you're thinking, all right, boys, let's go. It's go time. It is go time. Except in Minnesota, (laughs) where it was stop time, where they went on, the Twins went on to lose nine of their next 11 games, including a clean sweep by Cleveland at Target Field in Minneapolis. Cleveland came in with a chance where if if the Twins swept them, they'd be in first place. Or no, they'd be out by half a game. Okay? I think that's what. Whatever it was, it was going to be like, it was like, okay, it's go time. And I did the math. Like, if they did that and Chicago swept Oakland, then you could have three teams within half a game. Boom. How could you want anything more than that? And not only did the Twins win, the Twins lose all three games. All three games were one or one or two runs difference in the eighth or ninth inning. So they were all winnable games, but they made dumb mistakes. They got picked off. They ran through the wrong base. They let balls ricochet off their glove. And the, you know, and Cleveland won all three games. And, you know, Chicago won the series against Oakland. So they've they've hung tight and still could win. And Tony La Russa better stay far away from this team because they're doing quite well under Miguel Cairo. Thank you very much. But the Twins have completely destroyed any hope they have to win the division. And they have no chance at the wild card. And that series they had against uh, Cleveland was basically their season. And they and they blew all three games. And this was a season where the AL Central you only have to be a few games over 500 to win it. And they, um, I can't say the word, they did that to mm. the bed. They, they still have five games left against Cleveland and uh, six games left against Chicago. But you can't blow a series. You can't get swept at home against the team that you're chasing. 
They had the moment in front of them. They had the schedule set up. They played teams in their division their past week. They played the Chicago White Sox. They played the Cleveland Guardians. And like you said, they shot themselves in the foot. The schedule was set up for the Twins to put themselves back in the postseason race. It was whether it was on the Twins whether they want to grab the moment or not. And what we saw the past week, they've been walked off twice in the month of September. The Twins basically haven't been able to do anything on either side of the ball. And the Twins are now, they like you said, they are probably out the wild card race. They still have a chance at the division. I mean, what? We still got around 20 games left. They're four and a half games back at the time of us recording this. So they, they still got a slight sliver, slightly to but win the division. you can't afford to drop games against the team you're chasing at home when all the games are winnable. You can't that's do the, it, That's no. the thing that, 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 you know, if they won two out of three, great. They had to win at least one. They lost all of them. And these were the games at home. And, you know, Cleveland wasn't exactly playing like the 1927 Yankees when they came in here. You know, the the, the Cleveland allowed the Twins to get a share of first place just a week or so ago. And here we are. They're now they're sub 500. They just got smacked around by the White Sox, Yankees, and by Cleveland. And... I mean, it. they look dead from the neck up. The White Sox look like they have fight in them. Cleveland looks like they have fight in them. This is, you can't lose games like that at home. You just can't. No, but if we're going to be, if we're going to talk about possibilities, I'm just looking at their schedule. I think they play Cleveland five more times. They play the White Sox still six more times with the Royals and Tigers mixed into there. So, The path is still set up even after blowing this past week, you know, up until the whole month of September so far. Even though the Twins have been terrible so far in the month of September, you're still going to play those teams in your division that are directly ahead of you. And with the four and a half games back that you are, you still have a shot. Plus the Tigers and Royals mix into that schedule who could be, you know, if you take advantage of your business and you handle the opponents are supposedly less than you. If you take care of business there with the Tigers and Royals, and then maybe you win two out of three against the White Sox and the uh, uh, the Guardians, then you might have a chance if you're the Twins. Again, I don't like that team on paper. If I had to rank it, they're probably the third best team on paper in terms of talent. But look at the White Sox team. Tony La Russa might be coming back. He's cleared. He's traveling with the team, but he's apparently not going to manage right away. Like, who knows? Is he just a puppet master right now behind the scenes pulling the strings? Like, I don't know what's going on there. They still have injuries with Tim Anderson. The Guardians are probably in a better position, but I wouldn't say it's a, like a lockdown uh you know it's the guardians division to lose or the white Sox division to lose like yeah it was a tough month for the twins so far but they still got a chance just because i don't love any of the other teams even though i don't love the twins either the twins not are going around anywhere the twins are a sub 500 team in september who couldn't win any <laughs> one of the three series that they desperately needed to win you know sometimes i don't have to eat the entire pot of spaghetti sauce to know what it tastes like. All right. This is what the team is right now. They had to walk away with wins and they had, they lost the game in New York where they were winning an extra innings. They lost three straight games against their top rival where they, some of them, they had the winning run at the plate when the game ended. They had balls ricocheting players fielding the wrong place. They're just dead from the neck up. And I can't help but wonder, you know, look at Joe Madden's floating out there. Oh, Joe Madden is a very good manager who was in a horrible situation in Anaheim where management was a mess. Everything in Anaheim is a mess. 
and even he couldn't turn that team into a winning team. And he got and he got fired. Okay, he, he I think he will be dying to show he was fired at the wrong time. That he wants to take another team to the World Series, and Minnesota has talent. And is Rocco Baldelli the right guy to do it? I don't know. The team's folding under his leadership. You know, isn't this why they let go of Trace, what's his name, last year? Or why uh, what's his doodle with the Mets last year didn't get rehired? I can't even remember their names right now. Oh, Trace Tingler of the Padres? Trace Tingler, yes. Trace Tingler. And uh, God, why can't I remember the um, Rojas, the manager of the the Mets? but no, I mean, you have a potential Hall of Fame manager. You have a team that has some talent. I think there are some uh, landing spots for Joe Madden. I don't think he's managed his final game. I think he wants he wants to go out on a high. Um, I would mm. say pull a Tony La Russa and have his last game be a World Series winner, but that's not happened with uh, uh, Tony La Russa. But, um, I, I, you know, when you see a team collapse like this down the stretch, that's usually when a managerial change is made, um, especially if they want to keep Correa. You think Correa wants to stick around for this? Correa, the, yeah, the Correa point is interesting because I don't know what the Twins are going to do there, but are you drinking this PR Joe Madden Kool-Aid right now where he's going on tour saying it was more the Angels front office and forcing the analytics? Have you seen the what the Angels front office has been like? My God, it's been a catastrophe. And they keep changing play. They keep changing coaches and general managers and this, that, and the other thing. And they can't put a mediocre team around Mike Trout in a decade. This management is terrible. Everyone yeah, Mike, knows the management has been terrible. Yeah. Speaking of Mike Trout, maybe we should shout out that he's hit a home run like literally every day this past week, which is just an he's incredible. 30, he missed what, 60 games? And he still has 30 home runs. Yeah. And Otani, and Otani, he and Otani are still dynamite. And it's Otani, still like they're gonna, they're going to lose ninety something games. Yeah, Otani's going to be what top three in Cy Young voting, top three in yeah. MVP voting. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who makes Lockdown Diamondbacks their first listen every day. Now go make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB, with my pal Sully Baseball, who you just heard on today's podcast host of the Lockdown MLB podcast, so go check out his pod. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks News coverage and insight as Sully and I will have part two where we discuss the new rule changes for 2023. So come back tomorrow to check out that podcast. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.